Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get back into it, addressing some of the major issues du jour and big stories. We were talking earlier last hour about, uh, well, the report from Queens Park. The uh, deputy uh, commissioner of the OPP was fired yesterday, or on Monday, rather, Brad Blair. He's uh, lawyered up. Julian Faulkner's representing on him. His quote earlier today was, this is an abuse of power and uh, a conflict of interest. Ernie, I'm going to ask you, as a former premier, I mean, you sat there in a catbird seat. They say that the public servants serve at the pleasure of the premier. In fact, you know, that was almost an argument made for Jody Wilson-Raybould serving at the pleasure of the prime minister. Uh, but we know the whole issue has to do there with obstruction of justice or trying to corrupt the justice system. So let's leave that aside. Just on the, the matter that the premier confronting this one with Brad Blair, uh, some see him as a whistleblower, uh, drawing attention to, I guess, you know, what the premier requested by way of a custom van of sorts, retrofitted. But more importantly, that uh, he was elevating a family friend, so-called Ron Tavner, to the role of commissioner when they gerrymandered the requirements or whatever. Uh, two questions. Is he a whistleblower or is he, uh, in fact, insubordinate if he serves at the pleasure of the premier? And should Doug Ford be more discerning in some of the political decisions so as not to leave himself open to these kinds of critiques? Well, the little bit that I heard um, yesterday about the whole Blair firing was that it is stated that he breached, he leaked or gave some confidential information in his lawsuit. In That's what he, the minister, he, Sylvia he, he Jones, exposed, said. He, he exposed or talked about or expressed uh, some confidential information. If that's the case, then that's not cricket. I mean, you just can't do that. Um, so he, if so that's it's a fire true, if that's true, and I also heard that this was an independent committee, not represented politically at all, that decided that it, w- it was a firing offense and he should be gone. So that's that issue. The other issue... Um, you know, I still believe that the OPP should be totally independent. I mean, I don't think you can start interfering politically in the Ontario Provincial Police. I mean, you if you want police officers to do their job and you want it done in an independent fashion, I think you have to probably, I'm not saying anybody did this, I'm just saying you probably have to bend over backwards not to leave the appearance that there's any interference there at all. John, how about it? Should he capitulate on the Tavner appointment, for for example? Well, I would say yeah, and I'll tell you why. Let's say something goes wrong a year or two down the road. Is the OPP going to be trusted to investigate it if it involves the Conservative government? How could you possibly do that when you know that the head of the OPP was a good friend of, of the Premier uh, and was appointed by him. You'd have to go to the RCMP. Uh, I, I, Ernie's right. You have to have an independent police force. It's part of an independent judicial system. And I'm really surprised that uh, the Conservatives don't understand this point. Uh, you know, certainly I would say that um, 
Uh, Mr. Tavner is known for being tough on crime, and maybe that's what uh, Doug Ford was thinking he was doing when he was appointing this person. Uh, but that doesn't excuse the interference, and he shouldn't interfere in it. All right. Should he capitulate on the Tavner appointment, Catherine? Uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is not unlike the SNC-Lavalin thing, uh, in the sense that, Lavalin thing, in, in the sense that, you know, it's almost never the sin, it's the cover-up. And right from the beginning with the Tavener thing, they changed the qualifications. Ford said he wasn't involved with it, but it turned out he was. You know, there was dishonesty, frankly. And every government appoints its friends. Let's not fool ourselves. This isn't a one-off. But the OPP is a little different than, say, another board or whatever. And, and, and yes, the notion that some future inquiry, you know, this will call things into question uh, because if Tavener does end up as OPP chief, which we don't know quite yet. But I also think Blair was out of line. I think he was. A, he's a senior guy. He knew what he was doing. Yes. He, he knew he was stiffing uh, Ford here, and then that was clearly his intention. So, you know, a pox on all their houses here. <laughs> They're all misbehaving, and I, I think I think it would be sensible for Ford to go with someone else. Even though I mean, I think Tavener's probably a perfectly you know decent, qualified individual, and so on. But just the way it happened wasn't good. And it, t- it taints Tavener, too, and maybe unfairly. All right. When you say a pox on all their houses, I think that was actually what the uh, financial uh, independent office that decided to put the stress tests on homes was all about, or mortgages. Uh, I got to ask, because... Literally all their houses. Well, let me ask John. Segue, John. Well, okay. That was pretty good. Let me tick a few uh, quick ones off in the box, because uh, home sales have flattened out. How important, Johnny, are they to uh, the national economy, by the way? Uh Super important. I think as our industrial sector has uh, declined, particularly in in Ontario, uh, the housing sector has been really what has stepped in, Uh, you know, building condos, building houses, uh, home renovations, all of that is very, very important to our economy. Uh, At the same time, it's also important that we have a stable economic system, which means we don't have people getting into uh, levels of debt they cannot support. And I would uh, agree with, uh, I believe it was some of the bank CEOs uh, recently saying, we should not be toying with the stress test. Leave it as it is, because we don't want to start bringing people into the market who simply can't afford to be here. You know, the other interesting thing, uh, at City Council, they're debating the budget. I think it's a done deal. They'll pass it tomorrow, if my understanding is correct. They're so dependent on the land transfer tax, too, you know, and home sales and uh, commercial properties and things like that. So they could be shooting themselves in a foot. By the way, uh, when they talk about perhaps uh, holding the property tax to the municipal tax to inflation, I mean, 2.55%, they got these add-ons or any like water garbage levies are going through the roof. So, I mean, it's, that's just a tax by any other name, isn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is that a clear enough so, answer for All right, so we're being uh, hoodwinked here or they're I trying... I mean, you know, they're... <laughs> You can call them whatever you want. You can call them fees. You can call them user fees. The fact is, it's coming out of the homeowner's pocket. I don't but care not what only it's that, called. Does it relate to the value of the service, right? Exactly. I, I would wager it doesn't. If something, you can say, okay, X service is costing, you know, Y amount of money, So, and, and you can prove it in your budget. That's one thing. But this is just because they don't want to increase property taxes. They're shifting it off to these other fees as if that weren't another tax. And that's the... That's the phony baloney part. But, the, you know, the other, the, the whole problem with our tax system in, in the city and property taxes, it's not in anywhere progressive, if I can use that term. That is, it's not geared to your income. The assumption is, is if your property's gone up in value, you somehow can pay for it. 
And you see situations where people who are out of work or they're you know retired, they have to sell their home. Yeah, on fixed income, sure. They just cannot possibly face these increased taxes. And yet you had a report out of Ryerson earlier this week suggesting that property taxes could go up by 20% and uh, to pay for the needed infrastructure and other such in Toronto. Why won't that dog? That, that's the same Ryerson where the, the students ran off with a certain amount of money, I recall, not too long ago. Yeah, 400000 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Buzz, Buzz was the counseling notion, them. It was a student union. The notion that any government, if, if anybody, I've worked inside government and I've worked outside government, and the notion that any government in this country needs more of our tax dollars is bunk. They waste money right, left, and center. They never look, they overpay government employees. Municipal government employees in Toronto are overpaid relative to the same job in the private sector. If you include benefits like rich pensions and stuff, they're overpaid to the tune of about 35%. Massively so. So what, one, of the things that this, one of the things that this Ryerson study, I believe, missed was the fact that uh, business taxes in Toronto are very high. Oh, they're ridiculous. Yes, they're yeah. very high. And so that's what that's what the compromise is in the city. They gouge the business. Exactly. And and, and the residents pay less. So if, is Ryerson suggesting they decrease the charges on business and put it to the <laughs> residents? I don't think so. Mm. And if you go outside of Toronto, what you get is decreased business costs and residents pay exactly. more. So, so, you know, there's a problem with this. With It's not apples to apples here. Well, thank you well, for clarifying. I, that. I know businesses that have literally crossed Steeles Avenue and their property taxes drop by about forty percent. So it, the, the absurdity is it drives the cash cows, which currently is the business. You're absolutely right, John. Uh, it drives them out of the, the city because why would they? You know, they can move uh, sometimes a few miles out of the city and they can pay significantly less property taxes. I got to move again, right now, Catherine. We're done. Uh, okay. It was one of those days where we covered a lot of bases. We always do that. I appreciate very much, Catherine Swift, former head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, John Turley-Ewart, risk management consultant in capital markets on Bay and Wall Streets, and Ernie Eves, former premier and finance minister. We'll do it again real Thank soon. You. Thank you all for coming in. And Catherine on the line. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.